welcome back to a brand new episode of Oh My Lit. This is Tanuja. And this is Rosa. And we have a very special episode. Dee-dee-dee. Every episode is a very special episode, season two. <laughs> I know. We have so many cool things this season. I'm very pleased. Yes, today we are diving into historical fiction. Yay! But not the boring kind. <laughs> there is a boring kind? I don't know. I I will talk to you one of these days about books about cathedrals that I do not like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that does sound a bit boring. But this is anything but boring. We are so excited. We have a special guest for today. Louise Har is coming to talk to us about her fantastic book, Miss Aldrich Regrets. And it's a lovely and incredible book. And we are very excited to introduce it to you, our dear listeners. We are very sure you've already seen this book because it's all over social media. The cover is beautiful. It gives me amazing 1930s jazz vibes. And we are so excited to speak to her all about it. Hmm. Tano, I have a question. When are we going to dress like flappers and have a, like a 1920s, 1930s party? We need a 1930s theme party, don't we? We do. We do. I've done 1960s. I definitely would like to do 20s, 30s. Okay, let's not dally around anymore. Let's let's get Louise in here. Welcome, Louise. Welcome to Oh My Lit. We're so glad to have you on board. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I wanted to ask you to tell us a bit about yourself and just introduce yourself a little. Uh, yeah, so I'm a novelist. I write mostly historical fiction, as far as my novels are concerned anyway. And even in my first novel, there was always a bit of a murder mystery aspect to it. But uh, with my latest book, I went sort of full in on the crime element mm-hmm. of it. So it, there were many murders <laughs> to be solved. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah. so yeah, so I have two books out so far. The debut was This Lovely City, which came out in 2020. Which was sort of like Windrush era, 1950s, South London. I'm not from London originally, but I've lived here for like 16 years. I love writing about London because I love, you know, walking around and there's so much history. I think as a historical fiction writer, yeah. it's, it's sort of the perfect place to live. Mm-hmm. And then this last one is sort of on the Queen Mary, but also there's quite a few sections that are in Soho. Yeah, I just love sort of exploring I think history that's important to me. So the area that I live in, but also looking at Black British history. Yes, yes, very important. We had an episode on Black History Month last year talking about that. And it was extremely enlightening for someone like me, at least, that, of course, didn't have any education about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I find research researching and talking about like London history amazing as well, because I'm not from here yeah. and not from this country. So whenever I read something like that from that time period, it's it's just so good. And you've done... Such a fantastic job of like setting the atmosphere. You really get the 1930s, 1920s vibes. Speaking of time periods, I wanted to ask you, Louise, and I think I know your answer already, but here we go. <laughs> if you could be transported to any time period in the past, what would it be? Oh, uh, I mean, it's such a tricky one. Um, I mean, I think obviously the 1930s attracted me for this book because mm-hmm. I like well, actually, what I really love is the Poirot adaptations, the David Suchet yeah. ones, which are always on like ITV3, Sunday afternoons, just sort of sitting there for two hours and seeing that sort of glamour. Everyone's in beautiful dresses. So, yeah. I mean, the reality was that, you know, if I ended up back in the 1930s, I'd probably just be living in some tiny house with no central heating and hating it. <laughs> but, you know, if I could have the glamour, like the glamorous side of it, then 
I think essentially any period of history would be great as long as you have money. So yeah, that's <laughs> you know, true. It's always that kind of thing. I'd really love to travel out to the Victorian period as well. Oh, oh yeah. And sort of see, because it's so completely different. But also what I love, again, going back to like writing about London is that so many of the same buildings w- would be there and a lot of them would be still, you know, be having the same uses like a lot of the theatres. I'm a yeah. bit obsessed with the theatres in London. So Ooh. yeah, that would be quite cool to go and see how different things are or, or how similar things are. Hmm. I love the fact that you wrote about Soho because I go in present time Soho and it's so much fun but you know that movie came out with uh, I've forgotten the actress and the name of the movie but That's she's great. in present day London I know there's like no point but she's in present day London and then she like goes like sort of travels back in time to Soho oh yeah you know the one I'm talking about it's called Last Night in Soho I think so yes yes no yeah that's a yeah. great film I saw that recently I fell in love with that movie and I was reading a book and I was like, yes, this is exactly, you know, when she's in Soho. I was like, yeah, I, I can relate to this. Rosa, what about you? Where would where would you like to travel in part? I would like to be in the library of Alexandria. Like, Ooh. yeah, when I was little, I had an obsession with the whole story of the library of Alexandria and I like know. the heaps of knowledge and and of of people getting together in different cultures like building this library so that would be that would be that would be the place to be all that knowledge lost right you get there right in time so sad. make and photocopies yeah <laughs> <laughs> personally i think i would have been i would have liked to be in 70s in san francisco i would have been a hippie i think that's my vibe born in the wrong era <laughs> <laughs> So you want drugs and free love. Is that what you're telling us, Tano? I think it's the free love and the peace mm-hmm. and the long hair and the concerts that appeal to me. <laughs> and the fashion, of course. I mean, all these time periods we're talking about and in Miss Aldrich Regrets as well. It's the dressing and the fashion. It's so on point. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is my vibe. I think it's one very fun thing when we're talking about time traveling and going back in time. To talk about also the fashion, the buildings, the the culture, how it has changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we really loved your book, Luis. Uh, I I was obsessed with it. I was reading at night, <laughs> not sleeping. That is not something that I should be doing. But uh, it was <laughs> so much fun. Honestly, I fell in love with uh, Lina at the very beginning. Uh, just to introduce your book a little bit to our listeners. Uh, it's based in 1930 during a boat journey in the Queen Mary between London and New York. And Lena is the main character. She's a singer and an actress, uh, and she is mixed race but white passing. That has a lot to do with the story and how the story develops. She wants to become a star and she's been hired to work in Broadway. But there's been a crime that she's running away from, uh, committed in London in Soho and Herald Club. Uh, and misfortune seems to follow her in the Queen Mary. And I'm gonna leave it there so our readers, our <laughs> listeners <laughs> can have like just a little tiny bite of what's to come, but it's such a fun book and so beautifully written. We had a blast reading it. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, I had a lot of fun writing it. So yeah, I sort of hope that people would go, would get that, that yeah. aspect of it. Cause I think, yeah, I mean, I think a good murder mystery should be fun you know because you want to try and solve a puzzle but you know also you want to you've got to follow these characters around for the rest mm-hmm. of the book so it can't just be you mm-hmm. know cardboard cutouts of of people 
Yeah, I think Lina is so... Well, actually, I think all of the characters are so personable and so three-dimensional. I really loved Maggie because uh, she has that feeling of your uh, teenage best friend that is a little bit messy, but you can help but love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, friendship's always really important to me in, in when I'm writing because I think so many... I read so many novels where people don't have friends, like, at all. And I'm like, yeah. who would, like... I'm trying to relate to this person, but you know, they don't seem like people that I know, you know, in the in the terms of their relationships with other people. So I think friendships have always been something that I wanna include because they're so important to, to me in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said about female friendship that has a very strong bond and mostly with with people like uh, Maggie and Lena. Maggie is Lena's best friend, uh, who have gone through hardship together. And now, even though they're in different positions in life, they still help each other and they're still like in each other's life as much as they can. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I basically started from the point that I wanted the relationship to be as complicated and messy as possible, but obviously still have that bond. (laughs) So not so messy, it breaks that bond completely. (laughs) So yeah, things do get more complicated (laughs) as the book goes on with, with the two of them, but... Yeah, I just I thought it was really important for Lynn to have, even though Maggie's not on the ship with her, um, to have at least an one ally who yeah. you know <laughs> is like the safe person that she's like, okay, when this is all over, I can go and have a drink with Maggie and and talk through all of this, yeah, this craziness that's happening to me right now. And even though she's not in the boat, she's accompanying her throughout her wardrobe because uh, Maggie lends her a lot of the pieces of clothing that she's wearing. I love that. That tiny bit of knowledge of like having a friend with you even though she's not properly physically there yeah because otherwise I think it would be quite I mean it's quite an isolating position that Lena finds herself in on the ship mm-hmm. she's you know she doesn't know anyone really and then people start getting murdered so you know it's, it's kind of <laughs> terrifying she's trying to sort of get to know people but they're all a bit well let's just call them interesting characters um and so yeah so she does rely a lot on the idea that at least at home she's sort of got this friend and she thinks about her father a lot yeah um who died recently so those sort of connections to to home are sort of what keeps her going mm-hmm. well I really loved Maggie and Nina's friendship and I uh particularly enjoyed all the descriptions of the clothing and the dresses. And I enjoy the 1920s, 1930s time period. I've read a lot of books, um, not necessarily mystery, but that time period is a favorite among readers and it it is a popular genre. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular reason that you chose that time period or did it feel like a really natural choice or was that what you were researching at the time? So it sort of came about, sort of quite organically in the so I did an MA in creative writing a few years ago at Bitback. So I actually wrote my debut novel, mm-hmm. which evolved out of a short story on that course. But then because I did a module on genre, so we looked at sort of crime fiction, we looked at historical fiction, um, I had to write a short story for that. And because I'd just written a jazz scene in Soho in 1950 for yeah. the novel that I was working on, my brain was like, I can't think about two different things. So I thought I'm going to write a crime short story set yeah. in a jazz club in Soho. <laughs> so I submitted that. And then that was sort of about a jazz singer who's on stage and witnesses a murder. So mm-hmm. the, basically the feedback was that 
it wasn't a short story because at the end, Mark, I'd made this jazz singer sort of leave the club and was off to Southampton to get on a boat. So my mm. teacher was like, but then we want to know what happens next. Like you've literally mm. set this up for something. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, okay. So I could do something with this. So that character then became Lena. And then I was thinking about ships. And at first I was thinking, well, I'll sort of create my own, my mm-hmm. own ship. But then when I was sort of thinking about it, I was looking at pictures and I came up with the Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Queen Mary um, maiden selling was 1936. Mm-hmm. And then mm. I started looking at the pictures and, you know, it was so luxurious. Yeah. You know, it was the ship that every celebrity wanted to travel on because obviously that was the way that you traveled yeah. across the Atlantic at that time. And so I was like, oh, do you know what? Like, it seems really daft not to just move it to the 1930s. There's no reason why it has to be 1950. And then I started to think about you know, the aesthetic sort of like I said, the David Sushi yeah. adaptations of Poirot. And I was like, oh, I could like just have a lot of fun. Because I think my first book I found so hard to write at times because it deals a lot with like hardship and racism and all that kind of thing. And I just wanted mm, to yeah. write something really fun yeah. with this. And I was like, I could have a lot of fun with the 1930s. And it's that great period, this sort of the inkling of, you know, Hitler's in power. So it's, we're not at war, but it's sort of you can put in some of those ideas and and yeah. sort of explore especially in the dinner table conversation mm-hmm. um you know you'll stick at dinner every night with these some horrendous people uh, <laughs> listening to their oh, views God. and Hitler's not all that bad he's doing great things for the economy God, yeah. um, and you can put all of that fun stuff in where you're like actually yeah people had these views and it was acceptable so mm-hmm. yeah so I, that was why I ended up moving it to 1936. Yeah, I thought it was uh, fantastic. And I cannot even imagine the amount of research that you've done for this book. Can you talk us a little bit more about what was the process of researching that era? You've you've also talked during the book about the differences of racism in the States and racism in the UK in the era. Mm -hmm. Both present, one maybe more quiet and the other one more in your face but all of it was incredibly researched um do you want to talk to us a little bit more about uh what was your process for researching it yeah so um I'm actually fairly lazy when it comes to research I like that's my least favorite things because part of it I mean looking at the nice things like the pretty pictures looking at the fashion Hmm. was really interesting (laughs) (laughs) I read a lot of novels I always read like novels to start off with because I find that I can read fiction a lot quicker than I can non-fiction so I read I guess to get an idea of the language that Mm -hmm. people used at the time Um, and and especially for dialogue like words people would actually use that might be different to how we speak now but also one of the reasons I like writing historical fiction is you can actually put a lot of current issues into it because mm-hmm. actually a lot of things are the same so yeah. I feel like especially racism on either side of the Atlantic is a conversation we're still having mm-hmm. yes you know it comes up a lot especially when you read interviews with black actors for example mm-hmm. a lot of whom end up moving to the states and they talk about the differences that they've experienced so I kind of used a lot of a lot of those in there and then I also used some real life examples so when Lena there's a scene where Lena goes to the Savoy Hotel for example to meet someone yeah and a couple of years earlier Paul Robeson who was like a super famous African-American actor mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. doing a play at the Savoy Theatre which is you know literally right next door and he was turned away from the restaurant he'd been invited there by someone important and they were like no, you can't you can't come and eat here so it wasn't there was no written rule 
the way that there wasn't, you know, there might be in the US where you, you can literally say, put a sign up and say, yeah, you know, these people aren't allowed in, but it still happens. So there were things like that that I wanted to sort of put in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just reading lots of sort of general stuff about the 1930s, a lot of, actually a lot of interesting stuff about the rise of fascism, because I, I wanted to, there's not a lot in a lot in the book because it <laughs> become quite heavy. But you know, in terms of people's yeah, attitudes yeah. to how people could be swayed into thinking that um, mm. this was a good a good thing, I thought it'd be quite interesting to sort of read upon that a little bit. And obviously, a lot of those people were the sort of glamorous people who were in all the society magazines and those kind of things. And those were the kind of people that I wanted to write about on the ship as well. So. Yeah. So yeah, sort of a mix of things, and and I sort of researched. Gradually, as I went along, as I sort of identified areas that that I wanted to, I guess, know more about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't very, it wasn't very focused. <laughs> no, but you've you've had the perfect balance. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's it is after all, towards the end of the day, a historical fiction mystery book, mm-hmm. and it, it's a fun mystery book, and there is a lot, lot, not a lot of heavy historical, like sort of factual information to weigh down the pace of the book it's perfectly in balance yeah. which gives uh, gives you a good insight into how things were like in back in the day without compromising on the, the fun part of the book so I, th- I thought that was just very well put yeah yeah thank you I think the story has to always come first yes uh, the, histor- yeah. the history because to the characters it's not history it's just their their lives so yeah. you don't want reams of information and people doing stuff just to prove a point about something that happened historically you just want it to be yeah sure yeah uh we also noticed how much you described clothing and parties um, <laughs> i know my favorite part <laughs> we were so obsessed we were so obsessed <laughs> no we could have a miss Aldridge regrets theme party like it, that could legit be a thing just by reading the book you could have so many ideas <laughs> hey this is the hair of a flapper i am game <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it was so cool because you also tied in clothing with class, which is very important. Clothing was not only used as something to embellish the narrative, but also to to denote like where every character was in the scale. Yeah, I think I did. I, I became a little bit obsessed obsessed with the fashion. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Those little details. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it helps me. I think I'm I'm quite visual when I write, so I want to be able to picture. Mm-hmm. And then I write it as I'm sort of watching it, if mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. So, yeah, so me, <laughs> especially. Did you yeah. have like a mood board or like a vision board or something? I don't. It's not in my head. I've Ooh. tried to, I've tried to make them before, but then I ended up spending like way too long. Yeah. <laughs> like printing things out. Oh like, oh. I'm like, oh, wait, I need to actually write something at some point. <laughs> so now I just sort of try and picture it. Um I mean, I do have stuff like saved. So if I need to look at stuff, I, I know where yeah. to get it. But yeah, I try to, <laughs> I try to just focus on the writing and and visualize it in my, mm-hmm. in my head. Yeah. Yeah, and you also talk about addiction in your book. Is this something that you wanted to make a special comment on? You talk about alcohol. You talk also about harder drugs and how they were viewed in the time. Yeah, I think it's something that it kind of accidentally crept in especially the the more serious addiction mm-hmm. elements because I was sort of I guess I was the way that the story originally started like right back to the the short story that I wrote was the idea of going to a club and you see this 
sort of glamorous singer on stage and you kind of think they must have it all they look super confident you know they look beautiful they've obviously got their lives together and so the starting point was but imagine if they don't yeah and that, like then their life is actually falling apart so I think without giving away too much the person mm-hmm. that has the more serious addiction it, again it's that kind of you look at someone you make a judgment about who that person is and then actually there's all this other stuff happening so I think that was kind of why I put it in but also I think I like to put stuff like that in when I'm writing historical fiction because I I think we assume that those issues are modern yeah and actually yeah you know they, they they're, they're not, not I mean addiction's been a part of our society for hundreds of years so mm-hmm. um it's, it's making sure that people don't forget that a lot of the issues we have today are the same as you know in the 1930s mm-hmm. the yeah idea of alcohol has changed but it's always been present and it's always in my, my parents used to have a toast with wine and sugar if I gave something like that to my what? son yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> when we I what <laughs> A toast with wine and sugar. He's actually super nice. Super nice. Oh my god! <laughs> If I gave that to my son, they would take him away from me. They would take you away for sure. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Oh god, I had no idea. Life has changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, of course. I only know that. I only know that my partner's grandmom like would give him like a bit of brandy. See, like, a... shut them up, and when they're teething, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've also well, been told that <laughs> by my grandparents like you could and I, no, I, can, I cannot it's actually not great to do that <laughs> how drunk were you as a baby Rosa <laughs> <laughs> it explains a lot of things I know <laughs> oh well I for one I love to see diversity in like historical fiction books mm-hmm. because that's hard to come by and people don't necessarily think of diverse characters when they're reading these the pe- books from these time periods and I, I was wondering Louise if wh- while you were writing this book and actually even when you were studying and doing your MA um, were there any other sort of historical fiction books by that had diverse characters or written by diverse authors that you read or that inspired you? Um, I think in terms of historical fiction featuring black characters what inspired me to write was the fact that so many people were doing it badly <laughs> the black characters were That's always like right. servants Ouch. and slaves and it's just like oh uh, yeah oh, why again you know there was no one I could identify with you know um or they would just be there and something bad would happen to them mm-hmm. and then it would be like oh this is what happens if you're a black person in history it's just horrible yeah, horrible horrible, I was horrible. Like, Actually, yeah some people probably had like normal lives and nothing bad happened to them they just got married and had kids like same as anyone else So that kind of inspired me to sort of redress that balance and actually go, you know, that's actually right. Let's put black characters at the center of the story. But also Sarah Waters, mm-hmm. because of oh, what yeah. she does with historical fiction and sort of bringing back in the gay community of, of London and, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and showing us what that actually was like. Because, you know, I didn't, I certainly didn't have an idea till I read her books about, you know, the different, you know, communities in the music halls and you know, all that kind of stuff that she writes about so brilliantly. Um, yeah. So I kind of just wanted to explore, yeah, different stuff. And um, it's something that I want to explore, especially going back further in history as mm-hmm. I go on, yeah. hopefully, if I get the chance. 
I think Rosa and I had a, like a long conversation about this, probably not on on record, not on the podcast, but like just this, I was telling her that I would want to read a science fiction book with diverse characters, but not have any mention of racism mm. or anything, like just have a fun book, mm. like let just, let just there be a diverse cast, but like, let's not talk about all the trauma and you can acknowledge it. But you can just have a fun book. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. always have to. So even with historical fiction, I completely agree. It, you don't always have to address the suffering. Hmm. It can also be about people leading normal lives during that time period. I feel like it. It, it is mm-hmm. tangential in those kind of yeah. stories. But how beautiful is to talk to, about joy? Well, in this case, we're not talking about yeah. joy. We're talking about killing people. But that's great. <laughs> but hey, that's a different kind <laughs> of joy. <laughs> I want to kill so many people. Yeah, for someone. I mean, there's some romance. There's a love yeah. aspect which yeah. I put in. Good yeah. Joy. <laughs> there has to be joy. There has to be more. There's just a little bit of everything, no? Also, the fact that it's on the ship, yeah. it just fulfilled. Like, it, that was so satisfying to read, like, a mystery on the ship. Yeah. Murder mystery on the ship. I just love, I love when they can't run away anywhere, okay? They're, they're on the, like, you, can't, you can either jump. Yeah off the ship or you have to stay on I love that kind of closed door <laughs> mystery yeah it did have a lot that feeling of Perot that yeah. you were saying of Agatha Christie novels of all those kind of books yeah what was your inspiration about it uh was it like these kind of novelizations yeah I think so I mean obviously the starting point was the short story but then as soon as I started to think about it it was like yeah I mean it's it's the perfect location when I mean the bigger thing for me again going back to not wanting to research <laughs> certain things um I didn't want to have to research uh anything to do with the police yeah <laughs> and obviously when you're on a ship there's no police so it's like you can sort of do whatever you end up just with this sort of grumpy chief officer who's sort of having to deal with these dead bodies and just seems really annoyed yeah. about it but there's not really anything he can do and so because I needed Lena to not get arrested too yeah. like too early because she you know she's present for a couple of the murders so she becomes yeah. one of the suspects mm-hmm. so it's like okay well I need her to be able to still get around and do stuff um because it's I'm writing in first person if she ends up in a jail cell I'm just stuck in a jail cell so um for me yeah it was quite freeing because I didn't have to worry about what the law was or you know evidence or you know any of that kind of thing it was just you know as long as it gets solved by the time she gets to New York mm-hmm. then, Yeah, we were also so entertained by the different point of views that you have, because as you were saying, like, it's mostly told from Lena's perspective, but then every now and then we have a shady voice that is possibly the author of the (laughs) (laughs) It It felt so much like you're in the documentary and suddenly, like, there's a light in the back of someone and you just have, like, a black silhouette and a distorted voice saying, like, they don't know yet, but... Yeah, like a narration, (laughs) but, like, really... Built, yeah. building the tension like that was really brilliant about the book it just built that tension I was like who is this <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were no no denotations no marks that would let us know who this person was so it was very entertaining to have like that evil mastermind in the back but it's present at the same time during the narration through those different POVs yeah it was amazing that was that was 10 a lot of fun yeah <laughs> good those sections were so they were like the hardest bits to write because mm. you can't give anything like you can't give a clue mm. so I was trying to think okay how do I what mm. do I want to say in this sort of little section but how do I do it without giving away who the person is mm-hmm. 
because there's only so many at that point you're on the ship so there's only yeah. so many suspects yeah, yeah. but yeah <laughs> so yeah there was, so just, I, there was one point I was like why have I decided to do this this is so stupid <laughs> because I, I've just tied myself into not trying to write something that has a point but then doesn't give everything away so yeah, yeah it was really it was really tricky so I'm glad do, that do you think you'll continue <laughs> writing like in different POVs or do you think like you said um do you think a, a writer has more freedom when they're doing multiple POVs or um I think it depends on the story yeah. so my debut novel was actually all there were two main characters so I had the two points of view they sort yeah. of alternated but that was in written in third person mm-hmm. I think because one of the characters was male I didn't feel like confident writing trying to of write course. first person male mm-hmm. um and then I've just finished mm-hmm. the new Lena novel so that yeah. follows how much you get to New York that's going to be out later this year and so that is Again, going to be mainly first person, but then there are some sections where it goes back because I got really interested in her yeah. father. So he's died just before the, the start yeah. of the first book. So there were some sections that sort of look at things from his point of view. So you sort of find out a bit about his past, like why he left New York and went Ooh, to London in the first place. That's exciting. That's going to be very interesting. I did. I did wonder about mm. Alfie. I was like, yeah, I would. I would want to know more. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well. Yeah, he's got his own own story to tell, shall we say. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, this is your second book and you're already, like, publishing your third one. Uh, can you give us a quick snapshot of what's your publishing journey been from getting an agent, going to press tours, publishing three fantastic books? So I probably only started writing seriously about maybe eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. Before that, I hadn't written for since I was a kid. And it's just kind of, I was kind of bored with my <laughs> day job. But, you know, what's a, what hobby should, like, can I do? And then I just saw this writing course. It was called, it was actually with Louise Doughty, mm-hmm. who wrote like Alpha Yard and um, at Faber Academy. And it was called How to Write a Novel in a Week. Oh, wow. Which is actually write a full novel in a week, but it sort of <laughs> was like five days. And like, so you'd look at character one day, plot yep. another day, mm-hmm. so on. And so I ended up coming up with this idea for a novel set in Victorian London. Mm-hmm which I then spent the next two or three years writing and sending out to agents and getting rejected. But I actually got some really nice feedback of a couple of them. So, which is when I signed up to do my master's because I was like, okay, there's definitely some more that I can learn about the writing process and getting better and understanding sort of the different processes that that go into things, especially in terms of writing. Like when we did short stories, it was really helpful in terms of thinking about the different elements Mm -hmm that go into sort of improving like your especially your prose um and then I did like playwriting which was great for dialogue I sort of got to play around with that a lot and actually in the first term I wrote this short story which then became my debut novel and after I'd written probably only a few chapters I saw a competition called the Lucy Cavendish Fiction Prize oh yeah Mm -hmm. Um, one of the main judges was one of the agents who rejected my first novel but had sent me this really long sort of feedback email with lots of sort of positive advice and um and she'd read the whole thing and and so she would like essentially what she said was I really enjoyed it but I don't think it would sell Mm. to a publisher so I was like oh I feel like this new idea is more sort of um plot driven and it you know it maybe ticks some of the boxes that she was mentioning in this email so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to enter it. I didn't have like a full novel or anything because they only wanted the first 40 pages. So I sent that in Mm -hmm. and ended up getting shortlisted. And 
as part of that, I got to meet her and she ended up signing me at that point. And so we sort of wrote the novel. Um, so I wrote the novel based on a lot of her feedback from the, that sort of opening section. And yeah, and then it just so happened because I'd written this book about the Wimrush era as I was finishing it, the Wimrush scandal sort of hit the papers. Ooh. So this would have been 2018, I yeah. think. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, which is crazy. So suddenly I've written this historical novel, which is sort of in the, the forefront of everyone's minds already. Mm-hmm. So when we sent it out, the publishers, you know, it was sort of, it was really weird because obviously this horrible thing's happening to so many people, but it, but I know that I got a publishing deal really quickly because of it, because I'd sort of written about yeah. characters who come. Yeah. I was part of the women era and everything. So yeah, it was kind of weird. So I got a two book deal mm-hmm. with my publisher based on that novel, which then came out in 2020. Yeah. And then Ms. Regrets is the second on that contract. And then, yeah, and then we've got the next one coming out so yeah (laughs) did you write the second book in the pandemic so I wrote I edited it during the pandemic I'd actually finished the first draft because obviously publishing yeah everything takes ages so like I have so yeah so I actually wrote the first draft in back in 2019 yeah Mm -hmm. and then it came out like this year uh, last year so yeah <laughs> I'm just fascinated by like how many people wrote or edited their books during the pandemic because it was oh. like a, a period of creativity for some I totally imagine it like you have all this time on your hands and a lot of people ended up publishing their books but I hear you what you mean by like a terrible tragedy has happened but then it has also like sort of pushed people's attention on it and then your book's been sent on yeah I think you've had an incredible journey for somebody who just got bored one day from that day job you've just like taken it to a whole new level like your distraction from work yes three books publishing in two years like (laughs) you must have been really 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 bored (laughs) yeah I mean it's been it's been like a longer journey to get to that point and I obviously I never you know when I started out I was never like oh I'm gonna get published I just thought you know I'll write some stories yeah I'll meet mm-hmm. some, you know, I'll go to this course, I'll meet some people, da da da. That was it. Like, yeah. so, yeah, I never expected that it would turn into, you know, what is now basically my my sort of job. <laughs> well, I, I think you really deserve it. Like, this book is incredibly well written and it's so, so, so entertaining. I'm very excited for everyone to read it. And I'm, I'm glad you're doing another book with Lena because. And I hope you do more because uh, it's it's really fun. And I actually did feel like I, w- I would want to read more from this world. So I'm glad mm-hmm. I saw. And I also saw the cover on your Twitter profile, Harlem After Midnight. Yeah. That, yeah. It's it's amazing. I, I just love the covers for both books. It really screams the time period. And I love the silhouette. So I guess kudos to your publisher for that. <laughs> it's coming out August 29th, I read. Yeah, that's in the US, and then it's two weeks later for the UK. Okay, so September in the UK. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, I think the fourteenth maybe. Oh, really? I'm just saying September is my birthday, so. (laughs) (laughs) And is that a big hint? Okay, I will send you a copy of Midnight After Harlem. I'll post it here. Got it. Making a note. (laughs) You're just greedy, (laughs) Rosa. I know I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, congratulations, Louise. I think this this is an incredible journey. And like I said, I hope you write many, many, many more books, especially with Lena. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to promote or to speak to us about, Louise? I think that's it. Oh, apart from the, obviously the paperback yeah. is just out for Miss mm-hmm. Aldridge. I'm pretty sure 
no, I'm I'm like 100 sure there is an extract for the next book at the back of the paperback. Ooh. Well, I have the paperback here, but isn't it an ARC, honey? So, oh, we have. Oh, yeah, we have a proof. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it. it's not. It's not the actual. Yeah, we have proof. <laughs> I was like, wait, where is it? No, we I don't. I can read it. Yeah. Everyone who's listening to the episode, go grab your copy of Miss Aldrich Regrets now. We're going to put the link in the description. Mm. And where are you going to buy it from? A local bookshop. Because what do we do here? Yeah. We support bookshops. I hate Amazon with all our heads. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed sorry, to say so- that's support me, local bookshops. Sorry, that's me. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. She hates Amazon. We get it. We get it. Louise, thank you so much for coming onto our podcast and speaking about your book. We're really excited for you and we're so glad to be doing this episode with you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Thanks. And thank you to our listeners for sticking around for one more episode. If you listening to us, please like, share and subscribe to our podcast. And please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to let others know that we exist. And as per usual, if you're an author, a publicist, an editor or a person with a book, uh, then you want to recommend it to us or you want us to read it, please slide into our DMs. I promise we're very nice and very lovely. Thank you. See you again next time. Thanks, doodles.